Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to StageCraft, Variety's theater podcast bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of StageCraft, I'm talking to the actress Lois Smith. The stage and screen veteran hasn't stopped working since making her Broadway debut in 1952, followed soon thereafter by her film debut in East of Eden. She worked with Elia Kazan. She originated a role in Tennessee Williams' Orpheus Descending. She was nominated for a Tony Award in Steppenwolf Theater's adaptation of The Grapes of Wrath in 1990, and was nominated again for Buried Child in 1996, but surprisingly has never won. On screen, she's appeared in TV shows like True Blood and Ray Donovan, and in films like Lady Bird and Marjorie Prime. Right now, she's wrapping up her latest Broadway gig in The Inheritance, playing an important featured role in playwright Matthew Lopez's two-part look at contemporary gay life lived in the long shadow of the AIDS epidemic. Smith is in the studio with me to talk about her favorite roles, her biggest influences, and the luxury of a three-show week. Hi, Lois. Thanks for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. So you've been in The Inheritance since late September when it started previews, and now it's wrapping up its run on March 15th. What's the experience been like for you? A very special one. I, I first met this piece mm. probably three years ago or so when they were doing workshops of it here, and... I, I spent some days in the room while it was being developed, and it mm. was so fascinating. Mm. I love the piece. The part is very interesting, though it's it's two three-act plays, and I come in uh, in in act three of part two. Yes. So, but so when there's you, a lot of it. But when you get there, you have a lot to do, yes, right? Yes, when yeah. I get there, yeah. I have a lot to do. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I was very, very pleased to be part of this because I had been... Um, I adored being in the room while mm. it was what it was being made, and watching Stephen Daldry, who has the extremely uh, and creative and enormously concentrated uh, presence mm. and uh, a way of working, which is so much fun. Oh yeah, yeah. tell us about it. Tell us what, what that was one of my <laughs> well, questions for later it, on. But tell us about it. He'll just come up with. He's, he is always on in terms of the material mm. and always uh, uh, living it and thinking it and finding it. I, it's uh, a beautiful thing to watch. Mm. Uh, 
and I, I uh, that was my beginning with it. Right. Well, the very beginning was when I was first sent it and told that that this man was making a a, a, a play based on my favorite novel for as mm. long as I can remember. Oh How yeah, I didn't I said, know that. So now what is he going? What is he doing with my favorite novel? <laughs> well, something quite unusual, as it turned out. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that also has been very pleasing. Do you know the novel, Howard's I, Inn? You know, I had never read it until uh, right before I saw the show, in preparation uh, for it, seeing it, the show. It's a good, it's, a, it's love to ha- it, it's, lovely to have it inside you, yeah. though it's not necessary. No, it, it isn't, it's, but it is actually, it does something really interesting with the connection to the novel. Yes. And you, what did you, how did you respond to that? And what it, uh, Oh, they, what it did? exactly that way. Yes, yeah. the connections are fascinating. It, it took a while to sort them out. Mm. Uh, and one doesn't entirely ever do that, or is it the point? But uh, yeah. yeah. And what did you respond to? How finished was the play by the, when you first it's hard for me to tell. To it it yeah, really yeah. is hard for me to tell. I know it was not finished. I know there were many changes made right. when they first did it in London and yeah. some more here. I, right. It's hard for me to know. Yeah. And so what do you recall much. responding to in the role and sort of your character's story? Oh, she has she has such a she has such a life and experience to speak about and it's uh it's an unusual, it's an unusual situation. Well, the writing is unusual anyway, but what she's talking about happened, you know, 20 years or more ago, and yet it's so immediate. Uh, so it's a finding all the truths about this moment of talking about this situation, her, her story, is... Her, a lot. It's just a lot of fun. Were you living in New York during the AIDS crisis? I was, yes. Yeah. yeah. And what, how did this, how did this play in this character sort of chime with your memories of that time? I had no memories of uh, the kind that that this play is dealing with directly, or this yeah. character certainly. Right. But you know, like so many people, you, you, the uh, horror and the friends dropping and the shock continuing shock and it's a I think he's done an amazing thing to write this play the playwright Matthew Lopez the Matthew Lopez yeah. indeed mm-hmm. yes something very special yeah mm-hmm. and you are the lone female in a cast of uh, men largely right. in their sort of 30 something what's that what's that <laughs> dynamic like do you find uh, this the loveliest company <laughs> it's it's absolutely wonderful um, I have the best dressing room. It's, <laughs> it's on the it's on the only one on the stage floor. Oh. I, well, I'm the only girl. Yeah, and it's all to yourself, ha, right? Ha, yeah, I have my own bathroom. Um, <laughs> uh, the the most convenience. Um, mm. It doesn't seem fair, but it's very nice. The worst of it is, I have very little. Um, I work with two wonderful actors, but the rest of the time, I have very little interaction right. with the the rest of the company. And they are so busy and work so hard, and there isn't anything like a green room backstage. And so I miss having as much to do with these beautiful people right. as I would like to have. Yeah, because That's, you're seen as mostly with those two actors yes, that I you have, mentioned. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and that is, in fact, exclusively, right? That's really? right. Yeah, it, right. Just two people yeah. out of this wonderful cast. Yeah. 
And so over the six months that you've, or, or I guess it will be six months by the time you uh, you finish this, that this you've been in this run, how you were saying just before we turned the mics on that you feel like it's gotten better. How so? How has the show changed over the months that you've been doing it? It's deepened and... Uh, um... I suppose I was thinking particularly about me. I certainly got better. Mm. I think I had just barely gotten to, to, to having a performance when we moved into the theater. Mm. Um, uh, it was an, a, a rehearsal of struggle for me. It was first, Why? Yeah. It, I was working on a, a, the mock-up set in the rehearsal room was not at, at all the, the floor that I work on. And so I was working on it. On, some sort of a mountain climbing hazard. Oh, well, it was no. not relaxing. Yeah. Um, you know how our set is, and um, I'm working on a basically level. Yeah. But they didn't build that aspect of it. You know, the, the floor changes. Right. And so there were two versions of it, and neither version was anything like what I worked I see. So I would be on the stage, and then I would have an enormous step to mm. another level, which had nothing to do with... And it was with reality, hard. right? No, yeah. it was very hard. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was hard. It was hard. Mm. It was... Um, and it's a hard part, I suppose, I maybe. Bet. So... Um, and there are times when it's not as though I haven't ever before felt, oh, my goodness, I'll never get this. But this time I really did feel, oh, my goodness, I'll never get this. Do you have a sense of what it is about the part that was, the, the role in particular, that was uh, hard for you to get your head around? I found it, I found it very, it wasn't even, I kept thinking, I can do this role, what's, what's the matter? I think it was that there was so much detail thrown at me. Mm. Uh, and that's fine. Production detail, or no, in the script? No, no, in their... no, no. Uh, director, Direct, directorial detail. detail. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, making sense of it all and putting it all together yeah. and in time was uh, very challenging. Yeah. Very, very exciting. I was always interested. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> you know, I have been in rehearsals where you think, "Oh, let me out of here." But, <laughs> but this was of, of great interest, and then. After we got into the theater and I could actually play it, I got better. Mm. And that, uh, I got, I, I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So that's been a great joy because that's still happening. Yeah. And I love going. I, I only get to do it three times a week. Yeah, I was going to say, you only, <laughs> you, you work three days a week. <laughs> I, I think, now what's going to happen to me? This may be, this may be the end of me. How... <laughs> Suppose somebody asks me to do eight shows a week. What am I going to say? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to imagine at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm a very old person. So it's, it's another reason I have the best floor on the stage, uh, the best room on the stage floor. Right. And I'm the only girl. I'm no older than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Was there a line or a particular character trait in that you found in the monologue and in your development of the character that sort of unlocked her for you? Um, well, very early, um, very early Margaret Margaret tells Leo when they just arrived there at the house, the house which in Howard's End would be Howard's End. Right, this, exactly, uh, yeah. 
a very important character in the piece. And there's a tree, a famous very old tree. And it, very, very early in the scene, Margaret describes um, this tree to the young man she's talking to who's ill. Mm. Um, doesn't seem at all clear whether he's going to get well, etc. Um, and in that, and in that, uh, in those lines, she talks about the the nature of, of this tree. It's been here for 400 years. There are stories about it that go all the way back, and the histories tell stories about the tree, and goes back to the colonial days, and uh, and it proves that people have come to this house. It, 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 it's legend has it that if you eat its bark, you'll you'll cure your toothache or you'll uh, get better. And uh, that happens very early in the scene, and it seems to me that it's a kind of touchstone of what's, it's very important to her. This place, right. its healing quality. She has a new candidate right, right. now. Yeah, we should say for people who maybe haven't seen it that uh, She's running. What would you call it? A hospice or? Oh uh, no, no. But yeah. she was present in the in the eighties. In the uh, yes, of in, course, in, right, in right, right, right. Yeah. But no, she's not. No, this house. She doesn't live there. Even. Right. This belongs to one of the characters in in the right. in the. Uh, it's an important house, and it has, it has meaning throughout both part one and part two of the play. Right. Yeah. But for this character, uh, it, its meaning comes from the time when it was a. Basically, a hospice. Yeah, right. Dur during the eighties, uh, nineties, um, and she is. So, in a certain way, that is a touchstone. I think the uh, to the to the person in the house. Mm. Uh, yeah, two of the big two big characters in the show. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm. Hmm. Um, you you've been on stage regularly over the course of your career. You've been around here in New York for, um, for you know, working in theater for a long time. Yes, I, I came to New York when I began in 1952. Yeah. It was my first job in New York, yeah. my first job ever as an actress. Yeah. And I've lived in New York, or near, ever since. Yeah. yeah. And what have you, how has the theater in New York City changed over the years, do you find? Oh, when I began, there were, many, many Broadway shows and plays on Broadway every year. I mean, many, many. Right. And now there are a few, and, and then a few more musicals, but that's it. It was, it was a very different scene. Yeah. Um, Off-Broadway really didn't even exist. It yeah. kind of developed uh, in, in my young, young days in New York, where there began to be this second kind of... Um, the smaller productions, and sometimes um, the revivals. Some one of the first really notable ones, but I think is considered like the start of the off of off Broadway, was a revival of. Um, um, oh, it's one of Tennessee Williams plays. Which one is it? Uh, Summer and Smoke with oh, Geraldine Page. Oh, right, of course, yeah. And and then companies developed, and now we have. Uh, quite a number of them, uh, which are established theaters who have seasons right. of, you know, maybe five plays a season. And that's become, first, it, it also then became a national 
a new idea when the, when the resident theater movement sometimes later developed. And I was also part of that. I was in the, the beginning in Philadelphia of the Theater of the Living Arts oh, yeah. in, in the uh, right. mid-60s. Right. And I remember when that was going on, um, having the sense that they were all over the country developing these things and that everybody had the same story. They, it was a, each city would start out with, they would try to develop a board of directors, they'd get an artistic director, they'd try to, but no one quite knew how. And there were constantly stories about the difficulties and sometimes quite, um, um, oh, vivid. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where the board didn't know what to do and the audience didn't know what to do. And it was, it was very exciting, I must say. I was with the Theater of the Living Arts for its first three seasons, which then kind of fell apart, but it continued, but under very different auspices before it fell apart. But many of them didn't fall apart and really yeah. grew and still and exist still. Right. Yeah. And when people come to Broadway, then maybe they're working on Broadway for the first time and working in the New York theater community for the first time, they often say that what they really appreciate is the feeling of community that there had, that there is in Broadway. Was that, is that, did that exist back when you first started out and has that changed at all over the years? You know, for me, it was my very first job. Mm. Uh, I, I felt enormously lucky about it. Melvin Douglas was my father and uh, I played one of three teenage girls in a, you know, in a domestic comedy. Yeah. Um, what was that called? I... Time Out for Ginger. Yes. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, I think at that point, I probably didn't realize what you're talking about, which I certainly do now, the sense of community. Um, I was lucky to enter the community so quickly. Mm. Um, and, and within the first few years I was here, I not only was working on the stage, but there was lots of television in New York, television drama, yeah. in a way that's hard to even realize now. It wasn't series. There were beginning to be a few series, but there were, every week there were probably maybe eight, some hour long, some half hour long um, dramas, right. a play. Yeah, a these were play. like standalone stories, right, exactly. That's right, yeah. and based on plays as a rule. Yeah, right. For the, it was so exciting, and the people, even the crews, they were so exciting because they were doing something they hadn't done before. Mm. The, the uh, equipment was very different. Cameras were huge. Yeah. They had enormous <laughs> long uh, cables attached to them, so a camera couldn't cross another camera. Mm -hmm. So they had to be choreographed the same way the actors did dashing across the soundstage. Yeah. Um, and it was very exciting. But I started to say, I, I started to work in television. My first television job was a craft theater, was one of them. Um, mm. The Apple Tree by John Galsworthy, sure. based on his... Uh, Fielder Cook was the director, and George um, George Roy Hill was the assistant. Mm. And they would talk about staying up late at night, thinking, "What shall we adapt this week?" And right. and uh, that that sense was uh, really fun. Yeah. Does did TV pay better then the oh, way yes. it does now? Even oh, then, it did. Oh yes. Okay. Well, the, the pay scales were very different from what they are now, but yes. Yeah. Even, the, even, even then, even, it was better than then, that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then within the same couple, first couple of years, I had my first movie. Yes, which, which was, was notable. Yes, yes, indeed. So I, got, I was so lucky to start the way I did. I mean, I'm so fortunate. Yeah. And it meant that I could work all the time. As I don't mean all the time, but 
but really steadily and make my living as an actor all these years, which which is sometimes hard to do. Right. But I, I, I was able right away to work in both television and film and stage. Yeah. Which, uh, Did you ever think about you know, going off to Hollywood and just I, being a Hollywood. I never. No. I never had to, and I didn't want to. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was lucky. I went there to work, of course, often. Sure. But no, I never. I never was tempted to move there. And why is that? What do I you like get New from York, New York? And I like to live place. in New York. Yeah. And I yeah. feel a, a big difference. I did then. Mm. Uh, I think I probably do still. I mean, uh, you know, but I, I and. The world are different after all these many years, but um, it's a different. Uh, I don't mean to romanticize the New York theater, but theater is sort of uh, it's where I began, and it's where the actors who work basically in theater. If that's where you begin, it's a very different kind of work. I mean, of course, the seeds are the same, but um, putting on a play is different from uh, making a film or putting on a television show. The, the, the speed of work, the, the intention is different. Oh, oh, that sounds very odd, doesn't it? Yeah, I was just going to ask, how so? What you? Well, certainly in uh, if in television, the intention is to make money, mm. and, and I'm, in the theater, it's not to lose money, <laughs> but it's uh, it is it is uh, it, it's different, and yeah. it's a different it's a different nature of work. If I'm, I used to think when I was much younger, oh, well, on television, there's we're skimming the cream off of what we know how to do, and. You know, you're not actually, um, rehearsal process is something that feeds and deepens and grows, you know, and something I treasure and like a lot. I'll have more with Lois Smith right after the break. And now here's more with actress Lois Smith. You mentioned coming to New York in the early 50s. How did you first find acting, and when did you decide that you were going to pursue it professionally? When I was a very small child, the youngest of six children, my father... And this was in Kansas, yes? This was in Kansas, to start with, and later in Seattle. Mm. um, He wanted to put plays on in the church, and he had taken acting and directing courses in night school, which... I knew nothing about it at the time, and I still, I'll never know much about it. How that, he had no, uh, he worked for the telephone company. Mm. He had no experience, no, he almost never went to the movies. It was the damnedest thing. And, <laughs> um, but I was very little, and I went with him, and that's clearly how it started. Yeah. I, would, I would be at rehearsal. If I would learn all the lines just by being there. If there was anything for me to do, I would do it. But uh, And that's clearly how it started. And then mm-hmm. I always did what there was to do. I happened when we lived in Seattle, where I went to high school, go to a high school that happened to have a drama department, not just an English department. So I had far more. And it as it developed, I think what happened is I, I realized I could do this. And that any level I got to, I would rise to the top. So I began to have a not only a 
pleasure in it, but a confidence in it. Mm. And uh, I was given a, 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 just happened, was dropped in my lap, a little uh, scholarship to the University of Washington, which had a notable drama department. Yes. Um, when I was in high school, finishing high school, um, it, was, it was a state university and I lived there and it was extremely inexpensive, but still, I was just said, here you are, you can go to the university. So I did and went to the drama department there and that's where it began to be more, um, where it began to be training, where it began to right. be, uh, all, all the things I had just wanted to do were now, oh yes, people actually do this, you know, right. and work at it. And, and that was a, a great pleasure. Yeah. And I went from there, from a couple of years at that, uh, where, where there was an amazing kind of experience in that there are two theaters on campus played six nights a week. Every play played six weeks, six nights a week to a paying audience. It was unheard of, I've never heard of any. And it was the kind of experience that put me in very good stead to yeah. begin. Yeah. And then was it in New York that you studied with Lee Strasberg? Yes, or, yes, yeah. at the Actors Studio. Yeah, and what was... What was that like? What do you what What were the sort of biggest lessons for you during that time, in, in terms of shaping your craft? Um, well, the 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 kind of training of uh, the, the the tactical sense. The the I be, I had studied the the Russians a bit while I was at I had a teacher at the University of Washington who had been in New York. Early on, when the Russians came over and sort of changed the face of, of theater, yeah. you know, for for us and for for many, uh, so I had had some training in in college classes and uh, that, so it wasn't new new to me. And at the actor's studio, I think I learned very much about how to when you're not on, that is when you're not performing that day and you're, you're responding, I learned how to see, how to listen to what the, I learned what the technique was, which is often actually not followed, it seems to me, but mm. to see what you're shown, to see what the person has to say about it, at the actor performing, and then to learn from that it, for oneself. And it, I found it hu hugely uh, informative, I guess, learning to learning to both take responsibility for being up there to being on and what the what the task is, and I learned it partly by watching others and learning to incorporate that. I think I still pay attention to that in mm. some, uh, already without thinking about it. You know? mm. And uh, you worked with Elia Kazan as well, another great big director. Yes, in my first movie. Yeah, yes. in your first yeah. film. Do yeah. you, did, did he impart, was there any lesson that you particularly learned working with him in oh, terms of? Oh, he was, he was such an actor's director that, mm. that and he, he had a, a very um, energetic and vivid way of, he, of, of, of directing, of asking for very specific things, you know. Uh, I, when I watched that scene in East of Eden, I'm just amazed at how well beautifully directed it is. Mm -hmm. It's so it, it's staged and 
it's just a, I, what a what a lucky beginning. I yeah. 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 Who do you consider? Who do you consider sort of the biggest influences on your career in terms of uh, shaping who you are and how you work? Oh gosh. Oh. Hmm. I guess. I guess. I guess my my. Especially the one teacher, Dan Harrington, at the University of, of uh, Washington. Hmm. Uh, um, and the fact that I worked so much, that is actually performed in plays and not just like a night or two, but yeah. did a little run of yeah. each play. There I, at the University of Washington. There at the University talking. of yeah, Washington. Uh-huh. And, yep. and, and I think I still feel that way, mm. that, the, that the main thing each time is, is to do it. And each one, you, you, you learn that there is a way they go, a pattern, but each one is entirely separate. Yeah. And that's endlessly exciting and and sometimes frightening yeah Yeah. what uh in your more recent work what do you consider your sort of most memorable projects what has really sort of stood out for you oh i did the trip to bountiful Mm -hmm. a beautiful play of of horton foots um about i don't know maybe what is it? Twenty I, years ago? I was going to say fifteen. I think Maybe it was two thousand five. Yes, I think I, I you're right. Yeah. I th- yes, I think it's fifteen years ago, and uh, yeah, that, beautiful production. Yeah. That was a very, uh, and really, really satisfying. And I, I loved everything about it, and I loved the way it was directed. I loved the way it grew. I loved the pleasure of mm. who directed uh, that. I forget. Harris Eulen. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. And. Um, he he came up with, with a way. The first time Harris and I knew each other and had worked together, both as actors and he had directed me before. But mm. um, when we first spoke about the the play, and he mentioned his idea of how it never stopped once the tri- this, the trip began, mm. and then the it was designed so that you know originally it was a a three-act play with many different sets, mm. and uh, and now the different scenes were still there, but each one moved into the, w- without. And a, a week, couple of weeks in rehearsal, I think Horton said, "You know, we could do it without an intermission." It had been a three-act play yeah, in yeah. the fifties. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's funny. And we did. He yeah. did some cutting, and it was just thrilling. Yeah. And uh, hmm. it was probably maybe. There are some of the, probably the most satisfying that one. There are some others. The Grapes of Wrath, which was the first mm-hmm. thing I did with the Steppenwolf Company. Yeah, right. We did it at Steppenwolf and, and then at La Jolla and then in London where we were part of an international festival and then on Broadway. Right. And then here, yeah. And that was also the most remarkable thing. You don't mm-hmm. usually get three different productions, each one re-rehearsed and building on the one before. So that's a very special uh, joy and, mm-hmm. again, a wonderful piece of work, a wonderful company. I was at that point just falling in love with the Steppenwolf Company. That was right. my first working with them. Buried Child, which I also mm-hmm. did with them, and Gary Sinise directed it. Yeah. Um, Frank Galati directed uh, The Grapes the of Wrath and adapted yeah, right. it. Yeah. And then Gary did a remarkable job with Buried Child. I thought that production with James Gammon. And, oh. So yeah. those, were, those were very special. And then yeah. recently... Um, 
I, I really love doing um, Marjorie Prime, Jordan Harrison's play at yeah. Playwrights Horizons, and then made a film of it. And then, it. yeah, what was it like to then make a film of oh, that? Oh, that for you? Was, was pretty it... wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It took a while to, inc to incorporate what was happening because it was, I love the play mm -hmm. and the film, which I love also. Yeah. But it was so different that there were. Yeah, they're two very different things, right? Yeah. Uh, it, and it, my uh, character probably changed less than anything else. And mm -hmm. so I, w I didn't feel like I was suddenly asked to do something really very different. Right. And the, and the director, Michael Amareda, is an old friend, and we've worked together oh, yeah? very, I didn't know that. Yeah. very happily. Yeah. So, yeah. And you, actually, you uh, recent, the new Wes Anderson film you have a role in. Oh, is I that have right? a little <laughs> part. I do, yes. <laughs> what? He seems, but oh. as an observer, you feel like he must be this, like, crazy <laughs> micromanaging, like, super precise uh, director. Is he that way to work with? It, 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 that's part of it. Mm. And also, it's as, it is as relaxed, as inclusive, mm. as comfortable, and much fun as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's really like nothing else. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> what felt like to you the role that you were born to play? Ooh, um, I suppose early on when I, uh, this probably happened in 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 college. I don't think I had read The Seagull before that, but The Seagull became <laughs> a favorite play, which and. Uh, and I suppose Nina, ah, mm. you know, I mean, how many actresses, young actresses must feel that way? Um, and I worked on it in class. I've worked on it in, uh, and then later, I was once um, auditioned to play Masha in the production oh. at at uh, the Guthrie, mm -hmm. directed by Lucian Pintalia, the, the remarkable Romanian director. This mm. was quite a while ago. and. Uh, I had worked at a some kind of a workshop that had been done up at o the O'Neill, in a uh, with a couple of English teachers, and one of the things I worked on was uh, was the uh, Arcadia, not you know. The, mm, mm -hmm, yeah. So I asked Luchin if I could audition for Arcadia. Mm. He said, "No, I love your Masha." That's it. But he agreed, and then he gave me the part. So I got to play Arcadiana. Wow. Uh, I've never played Nina. Yeah. And I've never played Masha, which I also love. But I did get to play Arcadiana. David Hyde Pierce was my son, my wow. Constantine. Yes. <laughs> so. Was there a role that got away? Is there a part that you thought, oh, that you think that's, that's the part that got away? Ah. Uh, hmm. I think there's probably just lots and lots, mm. and especially Shakespeare, because I've had very little Shakespeare. Yeah. So I never played Juliet, except in class, you yeah. know, and... and uh, the Inheritance is closing on March 15th. Do you have... What's on your plate after that? Oh, Do you know yet? I don't know yet, yeah. no. Yeah. I and I actually, I don't mind. I've been yeah. very busy. <laughs> I had yeah. a very busy year, even before this, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It seems like, uh, you, as you mentioned, theater is a place that you always come back to. How do you think of, how do you, th how have you thought of your career in terms of how theater and film and TV all fit together? Oh, uh, you know, given the the world I live in and the place I live in, I've just been so lucky that I've been able to do to do them all with, and 
you know, at, at first, early on, I would get little little movie parts, and that was fine. That we, but then I've had some lovely ones as well, right. and uh, so that's nice. And in in television, I haven't ever. Well, True Blood was a series, although I yeah. came to a terrible end in the first. You season. sure did, yeah. So I didn't. So I didn't uh, play it. For, I haven't ever wanted to do one for a long, long time. Right. So I've done some, you know, part part guest stars that sometimes they go on for a little while. Sometimes it's a single one. Right. And sometimes they're wonderful. I was given a a scene in The Americans. It must oh, yeah. be like right. I don't know, maybe what seven, eight years ago, something like that. And when I saw it, I thought, oh. They're not always that good. The writing was just, <laughs> it was just a wonderful scene. Yeah. And I'm very glad I got to do that. I, uh, I, uh, I had a conflict reshooting a movie, and mm. they waited for me. So I got, oh, wow. to, got to do it, and, uh, mm. and, and I loved doing it and thought it was, thought we had really done it, done it right, yeah. both, both the writer and me and everybody involved. Yeah. So that was a pleasure. Sometimes it can be very... Very good indeed. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like even though you don't know exactly what's next for you, it sounds like you'll be back uh, on stage sometime soon. Oh, who I, knows? I maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe playing a Broadway show three nights a week is the epitome. And how am I, how am I ever going to match? How am I ever going to match that for satisfaction? <laughs> That was Lois Smith, now appearing in The Inheritance, which finishes its Broadway run at the Ethel Barrymore Theater on March 15th. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe and find past episodes there on Spotify, on the Broadway Podcast Network, and on all the other pod places. And if you've got feedback, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. I'll be back next week with another new episode. Until then, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.